MPB Think Radio. This is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives. Also from New Perspectives with us this morning, Ryder Tab. With many people getting tax returns back in the near future, Money Talks will help you with ideas to use to, to use that return to kickstart your retirement fund, your first venture into investing, or something as simple as beginning to save money for the future. Give us a call this morning with your comments and personal finance questions. Our phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring The phone number is one 672 7464 or send an email to money at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Corva Coleman. Airline executives are testifying on Capitol Hill today. A House committee is examining how airlines treat passengers. A key witness is United CEO Oscar Munoz. He's being asked about a video from last month that shows a United passenger being dragged from a United flight when he would not give up his seat. The passenger was injured. Hollywood writers won't go on strike. The Writers Guild of America and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers have agreed on a tentative contract. Daniel Carson reports the pact must now be approved by Guild members. One of the thorniest issues dealt with TV series that have fewer episodes. The Guild complained writers working on those shows were getting shortchanged. Fewer episodes meant smaller paychecks. Studios agreed to raise their fees. Entertainment industry analyst Kevin Cloudon says neither side wanted a repeat of the 2007 strike that shut down scores of scripted TV shows. Both sides are really, really interested in making sure that the resolution is going to be something that will last for years. Guild negotiators say the deal will net writers at least $130 million over the life of the contract, which is three years. For NPR News, I'm Danielle Carson in Pasadena, California. In Syria, Human Rights Watch says new evidence points to government responsibility for an April chemical attack that killed more than 90 people. NPR's Allison Muse reports the U.S.-based watchdog says the attacks could amount to crimes against humanity. Human Rights Watch says a chemical attack on the Syrian town of Khan Sheikhoun is part of a pattern says this was the fourth attack in recent months where victims' symptoms were consistent with exposure to nerve agents and that all evidence suggests the Syrian Air Force is carrying out these attacks. The rights group also documented an uptick in chlorine attacks by helicopter and allied militia on the ground. The findings are based on expert and witness testimony and dozens of photos and videos from the impact sites showing fragments of the munitions. Human Rights Watch is urging full support for a U.N. investigation. Alison Muse, NPR News, Beirut. President Trump is urging the Senate to change its rules to make it easier to pass legislation. He wrote on Twitter this morning, noting that Republicans don't have 60 votes in the Senate, a nod to the number of votes needed to overcome a legislative filibuster. Trump then wrote that the rules should be changed to, quote, 51 percent. Then he continued to tweet, quote, our country needs a good shutdown in September to fix mess. The latest government spending law runs out at the end of September. On Wall Street at this hour, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up five points at 20,918. The Nasdaq is down nearly 10 points at 6,081. The S&P 500 is down two. This is NPR. 
President Trump will talk with Russian President Vladimir Putin by phone today. The White House has not disclosed the topics the leaders might discuss. The conflicts in Syria and Ukraine may be among them. Speaking today, Putin has denied charges that Russia has meddled in U.S. elections. Putin claims Russia has never interfered in the political process of other countries. In Canada, the central province of Manitoba is converting a senior's residence into a reception center for refugees near the border. It's to help deal with the growing number of asylum seekers crossing illegally from the U.S. Dan Karpinchuk has more. The vacant building in Gretna, Manitoba, near the border with the U.S., can house about 60 people. Canadian officials say it will provide short-term shelter, food and help for the asylum seekers before they're relocated to Winnipeg. Several hundred have already walked across open fields and through ditches as they cross the border since the beginning of the year. Federal officials say no one is being displaced and there is no security threat from the refugees. Once in Canada, screening is extensive and any who pose a threat are detained. But many residents of Gretna are anxious. The centre is next to a school and there is no local police force. Some say the community will accept the situation but would have liked more notice. For NPR News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk in Toronto. This year's Tony Awards for Broadway theatre productions are out. The leading production is Natasha, Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. It's a musical that dramatizes part of Leo Tolstoy's War and Peace. It has earned 12 nominations. Some actors who have received Tony nominations include Bette Midler, Kevin Klein, and Josh Groban. I'm Corva Coleman, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Cancer Treatment Centers of America, offering immunotherapy and other personalized treatment options to address patients' individual needs. More about precision cancer treatment at cancercenter.com and the Kresge Foundation at kresge.org. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email money at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives. Also the Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, Ryder Taff, is with us as well. With many people getting tax returns back, maybe they got them or getting them in the near future, today we're going to help you with ideas to use that return to kickstart your retirement fund, maybe your first adventure venture into investing, or something as simple as beginning to save money for the future. Have you been wanting to begin saving money? Are you preparing for a retirement? Do you want to get into investing? Give us a call this morning with your questions and comments, those personal finance questions. The number to call is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So good morning to you both. Hope that you're doing well this morning. Good morning. I'm dragging. That's I'm dragging. Right. But, but I let you have your own seat. You did. This Thank morning, you very so. much. I needed that. It's exam week at... At, uh, Mississippi College, ah. and so my graduate students took all of three hours last night. So I'm I'm a little tired this morning. Ooh. I'm feeling a little bad too, but only a little. Okay. Oh, what feeling like health wise or no? Just because like guilty took, for guilty. Them, mm. Yes, guilty mm. for them taking three hours. Yes. Okay. If they taught them up a little bit better, they'd have finished the test faster? Well, or, or, or maybe I ask a little too much. I don't know. So proctor, is that still a word used in, uh, in educational circles? 
Um, yes, but now it's a little different these days because we have online classes and we have a service called Proctor U. Uh-huh. So Proctor U, and there there's more than one of these services out there um, that monitor students as they take online exams. So this is how we're moving into this new age and how do we handle testing when somebody's sitting in a room by themselves and, and hopefully somebody can make sure they're not um, using resources they shouldn't. That only happened to me one time in college. I was taking a class, some sort of basic science class, and I had missed the exam, so I was taking a makeup. And so the teaching assistant took me to some empty classroom and gave me the test. And I, for whatever reason, the textbook was nearby. And right before he left, he said, well, I'm sure you're not going to go over there and look up the answer. So I thought to myself, say, (laughs) there's a good idea. Why did I think of that? So I admit, uh, but that was the only time that I fudged a little bit. So um. it's called cheating, <laughs> cheating, Kevin. It's it's called an open book exam. No, it's yeah. cheating, <laughs> cheating, and we have we have to fight that all the time. And I'm telling you, because of technology, uh, the students are much more clever at how they can cheat, and uh, so. Um, the old ones are trying to figure it out because sometimes you can look right at them and not realize that's what's going on. So so what are they doing these days, Nancy? Well, just, you know, their phones are somewhere nearby. Mm. Uh, of course, you have smart watches. Um, somebody can be sending you information. You can have information loaded on there. Um, well, see, now that was my other thing was I did have a plan to that I never put into effect. But this was back, again, I'm going to date myself here, but uh, back when I was in college, Walkmans were big. So my plan was to have, you know, whatever the latest musical thing was, but it also like in the middle of it to erase that. So and this then... is premeditated cheating, right? <laughs> well, I never did it. It was just the idea was there. But ah, you have all the answers backup plan. in the middle of the test, and so you've got them through your headphones, and then well, you know, should the uh, professor come by, you hit rewind, and you're just... Back in the day, we had, the, we had, you had little notes. You know, you had them stuffed inside your shoe or your sock or whatever. Well, forget that. Actually, though, the other thing I remember, it was a, a basic uh, computing course, and the professor told us at the beginning of the semester that if he even thought you were cheating, he would automatically give you a zero. So we in that class, you were pretty much eyes down, don't look around, don't look up, don't do anything uh, suspicious. So I, I did manage to pass that class, though. So um, Y'all are bad. <laughs> You never did anything like that, Ryder. Ryder oh, of never. Course he not. didn't need to. He didn't need to. We're having confession. No, I. Uh, so call in with your questions about uh, exams and uh, tales of your past performance. We'll give a gold star to the best cheating. St- no, no. Okay. Uh, how about cheating some is bad. financial news to share? Oh, they're looking at me. Well, it's I don't know if it's going to be as exciting for the radio audience as it is for me, but I was just reading about how the volatility index is at its lowest point since February 2007. And the volatility index, people like to call it a fear gauge. It's um, how quickly, how volatile, how, how quickly... Uh, stock prices are moving and, um, you know, up and down. Typically, when they're going down quickly, it spikes up. But uh, as you know, this market has been so, pretty dull and yeah, just people are not drifting fearful. along. People are not worried about things, which usually... That's when I get worried. Exactly. Usually when people are getting a, not when people are not worried, they're getting a little complacent yeah. and you need to start sniffing around. 
All right, so we're going to be talking today about, uh, actually we're using sort of the idea of a tax return to uh, kickstart our conversation this morning. Uh, things about uh, saving, planning for retirement. We'll get into a little bit about uh, dipping into investments if you have not done that and you're interested in that. Uh, but we're always looking for your personal finance questions as well. We've got some phone, uh, phone lines open and the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can always send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So I guess uh, one thing that we've talked about frequently on the show is, you know, when do you start trying to save for retirement for your future? As soon as you get your first job. Yesterday. Right. Yes. Yesterday. Yesterday. T- yeah. Today. Every day. He's the rare one, young and still saving from the very beginning. But what I tell my students, as soon as they get that first job, after they graduate and they sign up for that 401k as soon as they can, at least do 10%. You know, that should be the minimum. And, and, there, and there's two reasons to that. First, we always like to talk about how time really helps. Time is on your side when you're investing because you have that whatever rate of return you're getting, it's compounding for longer. So, you know, it, saving in the stock market for uh, 40 years, you're going to probably have twice as much money as someone who only saved for 30 years. And so that Plus, extra... Um, well, if you what's, start what's early, the the other thing is if you start early, often what happens when you hit you know thirties and forties, mm-hmm. and you have demands of family, mm-hmm. and you maybe you cannot save as much. If you've, you've already done, got a head start, you front loaded. You know mm-hmm. you've got a head start. You've saved a lot, and that money is sitting there growing for you. And also, uh, just getting into habits early is super important because you know your first hundred dollars might only turn into you know. $400 in retirement, but having that habit and already, you know, taking that money out of your paycheck before you even see it, you're going to be able to continue that uh, throughout your working life a lot easier than someone who only gets started maybe after they've had some big child expenses or something like that. And that savings habit, I guess, if you're a parent, you can help sort of instill that in your kids early on as elementary school, middle school, high school. Sure. I, I um. I always encourage parents to do um, allowances that are connected to some sort of work uh, in the home mm-hmm. and to then take part of that and set it aside. Also encourage them to plan for something that's a bigger expenditure that they have to delay that gratification so they have to save for a few months to get the money in order to make the purchase. Yeah. One thing that I've I really like recently a lot of people are talking about is kind of a bucket system for children where you have a spend, save and share bucket. Um, And so, you know, you let your kids kind of decide where they put their money. But um, obviously, you know, spend, you know, whatever, go spend it, Um, save it. You know, you have a piggy bank, have a jar, have anything just to put it in so that they can let that uh, let that money accumulate. And also a lot of times with a bigger expense, um, such as you know my my first experience with this was uh having having your parents match the amount that you put towards a larger thing um of course i'm going to show how much of a savings nerd i am the first time i used that was when i opened a bank account so which was what age i was six all right but oh I didn't, gosh I, you know but, i have to live with this every day <laughs> Um, so you said you know maybe ten percent is a good uh, starting point, but I guess that's something that as you're 
uh, your employment situation changes, but it's not something you set and forget. It would be something that you need to review a, a periodically to see if well, that's... Well, hopefully you can increase that amount. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you start with 10%, especially if you're this is your first job and you've been a starving student for a while, you're not going to notice that. You're going to think, I still have a lot of money in my pocket. And mm-hmm. then you can build on that each time you get a raise. You can add to that and work your way up, hopefully, to the maximums that are allowed during that year. Uh, let's take our first break this hour. We've got some open phone lines ready for your personal finance questions. Again, we're talking today about uh, getting the savings habit started. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about getting into investing if you've never done that before and also saving for retirement. The number to call if you'd like to join the conversation with a question is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this. standing member of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. If you have a vehicle that you no longer need and is collecting dust, we have a solution. Donate it to MPB. Your donation will go towards supporting your favorite programs that keep the community informed. To get more information about our car donation program, call us at 877-MPB-4-CAR or visit mpbonline.org slash support. Listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1 877 MPB Ring. That's 877 672 7464. Or email money at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College, President of New Perspectives. Also from New Perspectives, we have Ryder Taff, who is the Portfolio Manager. So we're talking about kickstarting your financial goals this morning, talking a little bit about uh, establishing good saving habits. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about getting into investing and preparing for retirement as well. If you have a personal finance question, though, we'd be glad to uh, give you some assistance. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring. That phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Let's go to the telephones and we invite Danny calling in from Meridian on the line. Good morning, Danny. Hello there. What's your question? Yeah, I uh, got a question about uh, what they call online or robo-advisors. I've uh, invested in one or, well, my account is managed by uh, Fidelity to Go or Fidelity Go. What it was, I had an old 401k, and uh, I uh, transferred it to an IRA, 
and then I wanted to get some uh, management of it, and it was and the IRA is with Fidelity, and the only option I had with Fidelity was their Fidelity Go, so I uh, 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 got them to do that, and it's like an automatic algorithm-driven um, investment uh, tool. Uh, but uh, I kind of regret uh, moving it out of the 401k because uh, I didn't have to move it until I was 70, and it was doing fine. As it was, I uh, had like a 4% rate of return, you know, uh, at the beginning of the year. So uh, I just want to know what your guests think about these, uh, what they call them, robo-advisors that automatically invest your um, your money. Um, so everyone's looking at me because I'm the young person and I know how to use computers. So oh, I know a little bit too about is, this. Uh, robo advisors. Uh, so I've I've I'm been really interested in watching the robo advisors develop, and j- just my general advice is I kind of like them. Um, they're good at they do what I describe them as they do pretty good account management. Um, Generally, they'll have a questionnaire which you answer some questions about how old yeah. you are, what your goals are, what your income is, you know, when you see yourself needing this money. And then they'll pick out an allocation and and manage it for you, which is what, you know, a decent investment advisor should do. The limitations of the robo-advisor is one you don't necessarily have a human being you can you know call when things get weird or call when you have a very specific situation and that's where a lot of the value from an actual human comes in is you know they may know your situation so completely that you can just call them with a question and they will be able to give you you know a very 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 good answer to whatever financial question you have um, they generally have very low fees, which is super yeah. important. Um, but he may have had lower fees within the 401k, so that could be a difference there, too, in the return. Potentially. Um, potentially. Yeah, this, uh, Fidelity Go has like a 0.35% uh, annual fee, which I wasn't too worried about that at the beginning. I was, mm-hmm. and, I, and I didn't know, I, you know, I got, I'm online with my accounts and everything, and and this too, and I can watch it and uh, adjust it on a sliding scale from mm-hmm. less risk to more risk and like that. But what uh, I didn't know when I uh, was trying to read about it, all I heard was IRA, IRA, IRA. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, maybe I need to do that. And the minute I did, I, I kind of regretted it because my other 401k was, manag- was managed by a company called Financial Engines. And like I said, it was doing... Uh, very well, like I said, a four percent rate of return this mm-hmm. first uh, beginning of the year until uh, uh, I changed it, and uh, I just have to see what happens, and I'll keep an eye on it online. But uh, but yeah, I, I didn't know that. Uh, I thought uh, I would just change it to an IRA, and it would keep the same investments. But no, it was they cashed out my previous four hundred one k, put an IRA account, then I had to pick up a new uh, investment strategy uh, so uh, I was I was kind of unaware of that and I thought I had researched it enough but uh, well uh, Danny I didn't. 
uh, let me just say a couple of things that can make the difference here. Uh, first, uh, Ryder was just telling me that the financial engines that you were using with your 401k is also a robo-advisor. But um, two things that jump out at me. First, again, I go back to are you paying a little bit higher fees because your 401k may be large enough that they're able to negotiate for lower fees within those funds, possibly. Possibly. Um, the other thing is I'm guessing you've got a different allocation now, maybe a more conservative allocation. They're assuming you're retired now versus what you had in the 401k. And that would explain a lot. So if you have a lower amount that was exposed to the stock market when the stock market was doing well, then that's going to explain it. But maybe this particular allocation is more appropriate for you now at this point in your life. Also, just um, also one thing about the beginning of the year, uh, you said you had a 4% return at the beginning of the year. It sounds like may have had a fairly heavy stock allocation and stocks were going up in the beginning of the year. Um, one thing to remember about stocks is stocks often go up, but they can also go down. Uh, so it's kind of been drifting sideways depending on what you were invested in, what kind of stocks the advisor had you in. Um, some of those could be going down a bit. But like Nancy said, a small allocation change could explain a lot of difference. But over your longer term, you really shouldn't be worried too much. Again, both of those options are pretty good financial investment management. All right, Danny, uh, we appreciate your call. Thanks for that. And again, just to review, so the you pu- input all the information about what your age, your income, your your right, retirement goals. Right, you, you answer a set of questions, and um, then they put you basically in a slot based on all of those constraints, your time horizon, your other issues that may come up, your uh, risk aversion, all of that. And then your portfolio is... Um, invested and managed according to that set of questions and your responses to that. And um, the the big difference, as Ryder said, is, you know, you don't get the personal service. That's where we come in. We have people who want somebody they can speak to on the phone, help them with all kinds of other financial issues that may come up. But if you don't really need that and if you're comfortable with that, works great. If you use a robo advisor, can you then, if you there's a stock that you hear about that you want to invest in, can you tell it I want to invest? No, no, no. All right, they 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 put you in a sleeve and and you're in it. You'd so, have to open up a separate account in yeah. order to do some of your own trading. All right. Yeah. So you can't do. That's another thing. You can't do very specific things with them. You can't. You can't have your own input into your portfolio, which is important because the best portfolio for you is the portfolio you're comfortable with. And so, even if the robo advisor has figured out, I mean, using all the best math, which is you know what we do, except with like maybe slightly less calculation, um, what's going to be best for you. They don't necessarily make something you're comfortable with. And I think uh, if you do have, even, even if you just have, you know, a friend or someone who is very expert in this uh, to talk to about that, um, again, if you have a financial advisor, they will talk to you about that and make sure you're comfortable with your portfolio and make your com- portfolio something that you're comfortable with or make, um, or change your portfolio uh, so that you're more comfortable with it. So, and what I've seen through the years is, you know, you can 
say, well, this is a young person. They should be more aggressive. But sometimes I run into young people who are very risk averse and they're oh, not yeah. comfortable in the stock market. And on the other end, I can run into somebody who's much older that I would think I need to have much less in stocks. And they're just like, no, I've done this my whole life. And that's where the growth is. And that's where I want to be. So there are personal differences. We, we've definitely seen both sides. And, and a robo isn't going to pick up on that personality no. thing no. because they're not going to they're going to not going to notice that twitch in the meeting. A couple of other things, and then we'll move on. Um, can you then go back and change that basic information you inputted to try to maybe adjust? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Especially things with, like, risk tolerance. Um, because, you know, like, like Nancy said, getting started, people – some people are very – timid getting started and so they might say oh i'm very risk averse um but you know down the line they may start saying oh you know stocks are where i'm getting my return you know i'm still adding money to this every month so even that 10 percent drawdown didn't really i didn't really care that didn't really affect me i was okay with that you know maybe i'm not as risk averse as i thought i'll just adjust that they'll they'll pull you to a more um more aggressive uh allocation and and go on with it and then what about maybe market swings, some sort of unexpected type of uh, situation? Uh, are, are these programs able to adjust to that? I don't think many of them do that, um, yeah. I, unless there are some market timers out there. But most of them are going to be long term, um, and they're going to uh, then set that allocation. What might happen is if you mm-hmm. have a big decline in stocks, they may actually go in and purchase more on the equity side, yeah. on the stock side, because uh, they're just trying to maintain those certain percentages in each asset class. Yeah, that that's that's one way that that would happen. And and speaking of you know doing trading like that a couple of the negatives i've seen with some robo advisors is they trade a little more frequently than you would think they do and they're not while they do provide pretty good asset management they're also again not thinking about things like just pure convenience to you um it is kind of frustrating to see a lot of trades and especially you know again we were just talking about paying taxes it is kind of frustrating to see not necessarily a large uh tax bill but just a very, very lengthy tax return from them, uh, you know, several pages long for a small account and and virtually no tax consequence. And that's going to cost you more with your tax preparer. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So they're, they're not, you know, again, they're pretty good, but there's some kind of, um, don't want to well, call them dumb things that a human can avoid just by thinking ahead a little bit. But I think, as always, when we talk about investing in that sort of thing, you need to do your research. And if it seems like something that that works for you, you could do that. But again, also, uh, if you get involved in this and aren't happy with the results, you can pull that money out and put it somewhere sure. else. Sure. And and as uh, Ryder pointed out, most of them are pretty uh, inexpensive. And uh, and yeah. and the difference there is you don't get that service. So if that service is important to you, then you're going to have to pay more. This is Monday Talks on MPB Think Radio, talking about kickstarting your financial goals this morning, uh, to beginning to save, a little bit about investing, uh, and uh, we're looking for your personal finance questions. So give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So we talked about save as soon as you can. If it's possible, that first job out of college, you can begin your savings. It's a good idea because of the way the length of savings really does uh, compound as you get older. But, you know, not everybody can do that. Certain, certain Maybe some people are unaware or their situation, they were not able to invest. So 
I guess the idea, though, is it's never too late to start. Well, that's true. Um, You're going to have to play catch up the later you start. And many times I have people who show up at my door in their 40s and suddenly realize, oh, I'm going to have to retire at some point. And that means you really have to double down. You're going to have to save a lot more to get to the same spot. And that's Mm -hmm. the big difference. Also, uh, we've got this from uh, thebalance.com, a a website, financial website. And one of the other points they say is to don't take on more risks. So I guess uh, the idea might be, gosh, I'm behind. I need to get into, you know, high risk, high reward stocks. That might not necessarily be the best idea. Well, I'm going to disagree a little bit because if I have somebody who is behind, then I can't be as conservative with them as I would based on, you know, if they'd started earlier and this is their age. Um, we they're going to have to take a you're going to have to take on a little bit more risk because there's a limit to how much you can save, which means we're going to have to make that up with a higher return, and that's riskier areas. I, I think though the kind of lesson is there's there's always an appropriate allocation, and um, while that alloc- that appropriate allocation, as Nancy said, may may be a riskier allocation than others their age, um, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And, you know, you still don't want to go, again, while you may be taking more risk, you never want to take too much risk. Undue risk. Undue risk, you know, whatever's not appropriate for that person, you know. And what's going to happen for somebody like that is often that means you're going to have to work longer because you need a longer period of savings in order to meet your goals. This is Money Talks. We need to take another break. We'll continue after the break. Uh, Listeners, have you been wanting to begin saving money, preparing for retirement, interested in getting into investing? We're talking about uh, taking those first steps to long-term financial responsibility this morning and taking your personal finance questions. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. We'll be back with more Money Talks after this break. for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. Nearly 16 years after 9-11, the United States is still waging war on Al-Qaeda. They have been able to mutate because we focus on attacking structures. They are focused on ideology and message. I'm Robert Siegel. A former FBI agent talks about his new book, The Anatomy of Terror, this afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email money at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio.
listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College, President of New Perspectives. We have the Portfolio Manager from New Perspectives here as well. It's Ryder Taft. So today we're talking about kickstarting your financial goals. We've talked a little bit about uh, the idea to start saving early, but we uh, there are some options if you've not be, uh, saved early to sort of catch up. Uh, we've talked a little bit too about uh, investing as well and saving for retirement. So if you'd like to join in with a comment or your personal finance question, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring The phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Got another caller on the line. So let's say good morning to Paul in Biloxi. Hello, Paul. Hey, good morning. Go good ahead. Morning. I'm not uh, actually at the beginning. I'm more at the end, but I have I do have a question about retirement, if I can ask it. Sure. I'm in uh, a retirement what, Paul? program they call the TSP, which mm-hmm. is 401k, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, run by the government. And uh, my question is, is it how do I decide whether it's best for me to leave the money there and just draw it out as I have to or roll it over into an IRA? So that's kind of the first question I have, and uh, I thought maybe you could address that. I keep it in the TSP because of the low uh, fees. Yes, and that's a good reason, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, most- I don't have any advisor, you know, to help me with questions. Well, most of the time when people make a decision to move it out of their employer 401k when they retire, um, it's back to this convenience thing. And um, and that just is a personal preference. For some people, they want to be able to um, easily access their money. And it can be difficult in 401k plans trying to get to the administrator, uh, fill out the paperwork, um, get your distributions. Sometimes the distributions have to be set up on a regular basis, and maybe you just want to have more flexibility in how you access your money. So an IRA would let you do that. Sometimes you do it because you want different investment options. And so in an IRA account, depending on where you open that account, you have a bigger universe of uh, securities to choose from versus what's in your TSP. Here's your limit. You've got to choose the G, the C, you know, all of the the I, all of their list, and that's what you're limited to. And exactly what I've done, you know, 60% G and 40%, I think, L or something. But I don't really know where that is. Right. So, um, I mean, that's just up to you. Now, if you need advice, but you would like to stay with your TSP, you might want to hire um, an advisor who will charge you just by the hour just to look at that, give you some advice. You could set up to go back and see that person maybe once a year and take your plan and let them um, look at your whole situation and see if that works. But again, most of the time when people roll to the IRA, it's really about it's convenient. One other quick question. Sure. Could you just discuss briefly the difference and deciding whether you take a regular monthly pay- I'm going to have to start taking payments at 70. Uh, whether you take a regular monthly payment versus a uh, income for life option. Well, um, oh, boy. Uh, could, so, so if it's an income for life, they're probably calculating some amount, and they're like, "Okay, you, we can send you, you know, exactly one thousand dollars a month for the rest of your life, and that's and that's your only option." Um, those are tricky. We often see that. Um, I mean, so, sometimes we see that they price those really well, and they give you a really attractive payout 
given the size of your account. And sometimes we see they give you a really skimpy payout for the size of your account. And that would just depend on working with somebody who kind of knows the math behind it, um, an advisor who is willing to kind of show you uh, what, you know, given your account balance, what sort of withdrawals they think would be sustainable. And there are some there are some rules of thumb out there. But an advisor is going to be able to say, you know, given all of these other factors, this is how much I think you could safely withdraw. And that's, you know, given that's not, that's not a guarantee, um, the, I think, lifetime benefit sort of withdrawals, there'll be a guarantee and often they'll have like a, you know, maybe a death benefit or like a spousal benefit. And that's important to look at is what is the residual? Um, and, you know, we're in Great Britain, they actually do this a lot, where you take a defined contribution plan, a 401k, yeah. and then they annuitize it because we you know, we don't have pensions anymore. And that's important for a lot of people to have that guaranteed money coming in every month. For other people, they want more flexibility, and then they want some residual. They want money to be left, to be passed on to their heirs, and that can vary with that uh, annuitization option. And and that's a just to bring it back to your original question and make it a little broader for other people who don't use TSP but have a four hundred one k. One of the key considerations with rolling it over to an IRA is if you have the TSP, it, it's it's a great plan. It's yeah. probably mm-hmm. going to to the end user. It's probably going to look the same for a very long time. But a four hundred one k companies change four hundred one k providers sometimes fairly often. And while generally the trend is they're getting better, um, and so you know if it changed, it would be a better thing for you. If you're retired and not dealing with the company anymore, that would be a hassle, and you probably wouldn't want to have to deal with your four hundred one k changing. So that's a good reason to roll it over into an IRA. But also, just like you discussed with the lifetime benefit, if that's what you want, if if having that guaranteed stream of income is what's important to you, and and if you have you know large outside savings where you can pull out a lump sum if you need it, then you know guaranteed guaranteed stream of income is a great thing to have. Um, if that's what you're looking for, you're going to lose that if you roll over to an IRA. So. Uh, that's, you know, it's important to kind of get that valued and think about, you know, what what you are going to want out of that account when you retire before you change it to an IRA, if that kind of guaranteed um, income benefit is, is, is a benefit. All right, Paul, we thank you for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. If you have a personal finance question for us today, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring The phone number is one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. Next, we're going to go to Memphis. Kumar has called in today. Good morning. Go ahead. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I love your show. Thank you. Thanks. Um, so I'm in my mid forties, and I've maximized all my retirement savings. And fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. I've three children who are in fourth grade, first grade, and a pre-kindergarten stage, and. I'm having a hard time getting started with 529 plans. It's some internal obstacle, I guess. Um, and how what how can I get started? What what should I do? And how should I save differently for each child? Okay, you're in Tennessee, right? I, I am. Okay, so 529 plans are specific to your state. 
So they are state-sponsored plans. So you first need to go and figure out, uh, probably through the uh, treasurer's office, I'm guessing that's what we do it through Mississippi, and you can find information on the plan that they offer. And um, here in Mississippi, we get a tax break, but I don't think you have income tax in Tennessee. Is that right? Uh, I don't, but I pay income tax in Mississippi. Uh, okay. Okay. So that may be. Then you can use the it, Mississippi yeah, plan. You could probably use the Mississippi plan, which is sponsored by or administrated by uh, TIA Craft. It's not fabulous, but um, having that tax break makes it worth it. You get a tax break on your state income tax, and you can choose options based on each child's age. There's a child's based op- uh, age based options, and they get more conservative the closer they get mm. to college time. These plans are actually really. If you have an internal internal block trying to keeping you from getting this up, they're actually very easy to set up. I mean, it's a form, and you mail it in with a check. And the age base, there's not a whole lot of options there. You can either say, "I want it aggressive," "I want it conservative," "I want it in between," or you can say, "I want it to be invested based on the age of the child." And that makes a lot of sense. Especially, especially, especially considering the fact that you know this money is for their college. It's not like retirement where they're going to start taking out a small amount over 30 years. The idea is they're going to use it up in four years. So the way they have it allocated, it, it makes a lot of sense. And then that tax break, that Mississippi, you know, straight straight off the bat, you're going to get 5% off because of, the, uh, because of the tax break. You may also want to consider uh, loading up on your oldest child and uh, put more in that one's account because um, they're going to hit college age first and you will deal with the others as they come along and don't worry about trying to keep it the same Mm -hmm. Um, you're going to cover all of them uh, eventually one way or the other trust me and uh, if you have one of those children who decides not to go to college or to drop out at some point or they have scholarship and they don't use it then that can be moved over to another child and and when you're setting up the account, this used to be a bigger issue. They've made it a little simpler in the tax code now. But generally speaking, the best way to set up the account is set up as uh, you or your spouse is the owner and your child is the beneficiary. Um, don't have don't have a third party as the owner. Um, it used to be having the child as the owner would be a big a big hit on the FAFSA form against them. Um, but I think now it doesn't matter. But best just to have you as the owner. Uh, on those accounts okay. with your child as a beneficiary. Okay. And right. definitely I would need three accounts, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Kumar, thanks for your call. Uh, this is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We need to take one final break this hour. When we get back, we've got Bob on the line from Memphis. Bob, if you'll hold through the break, we'll get to your question straight away. But we also have some open phone lines for your personal finance question at one eight seven seven mpb ring The phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. Back with more of the show after this.
The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and a state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. Next time on Mississippi Roads, Mississippi celebrates its bicentennial in 2017, and we take a look at some of the state's history. In addition, we feature a story on Tejada, the first capital building in the state that still stands in Natchez. And we take a look at the Key Brothers' historical flight over Meridian, which resonates even to this day. I'm Walt Grayson. Join me on Mississippi Roads. Thursday at 7 p.m. on MPB TV. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email money at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, the Portfolio Manager for New Perspectives. We've been talking about kickstarting your financial goals this morning, getting a lot of good uh, personal finance questions. We do have some open phone lines and some time left in the hour. So if you have a question, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring The phone number is one 877 672-7464. As promised, we'll go directly to Bob in Memphis. Bob, thanks for holding. You're on the air, so go ahead, please. Uh, thank you. I, uh, you shouldn't pay, make people wait. I've come up with another question while I was <laughs> oh, good. But what I have is uh, two custodial accounts funds for my children. I have one, uh, one two young children. Uh, both of them are in their early 20s now, so we're cashing in those accounts. Uh, they will take the money and they will invest it. And my, I'm wondering about advice for them to in, invest it. There, uh, a Roth IRA is what I have, but there's also a traditional IRA. What would you suggest to somebody with $2,500 just starting out? Would you want them to invest in a Roth or a tradi- traditional IRA? Uh, the Roth IRA is, it's one of the best deals going in tax avoidance these days. Um, I would definitely advise that, especially for someone young. I mean, obviously their exact personal situation is going to affect the thing, but generally speaking, a Roth IRA, because you don't get a tax break when you put the money in, but you never pay taxes on it again. You're probably going, you know, right now, they're probably in one of the lowest tax brackets they'll ever be in. Um, and so and so the tax break isn't super valuable to them right now. So what is valuable to them is being able to put that money in an account that is never going to have to pay taxes while it's in there, and it's never going to have to pay taxes when it comes out. That's also, it's also the more flexible of the IRAs. Uh, there's there's just, it's it's a little easier if they do come in a bind, it's a little easier to take money out. 
Right, and that, that's why I have a Roth IRA, but I didn't know for somebody so young. They can also move mm-hmm. the money in a Roth IRA around from different fund to Absolutely. different Absolutely. Right. Yeah, they can move it around from different fund to different fund with no tax consequences. Is that Generally speaking, people advise Roth IRAs, one, for people who are lower income, but also for younger people. Um, but generally speaking, uh, almost everyone can benefit from a Roth IRA. They're, they're just such a good deal. But there are income right. limits. Um, but I also will say to you, if I have a young person who's hesitant about taking that money, you know, and putting it into a retirement account, which seems so far away, um, you can say to them, you can withdraw up to $10,000 for the first time purchase of a house. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way to save for a house. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. There's yeah, some, I didn't yeah. know that. There's some okay. home buyers benefits. There's some, you know, education withdrawals you can make. Mm-hmm. And as well, just generally speaking, once it's been in there about five years, you can withdraw the money. Yeah, you you're in, free and clear. Which, I mean, don't encourage them to do that because that defeats the point of putting it in the Roth. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, like, it's it's possible. Okay. My, my second question is this. We've already picked out the fund management company we want and all that. Um how, and everyone talks about aggressive and, and, and uh, being safe and such as that. On a scale to 1 to 10, if you're 22 years old investing money in a fund, what? how far along the scale being super aggressive do you go? I, I, I know I'm, I'm 60 and I'm way back in the safe range. Um, but they, sh- I mean, do they just let it, you know, put it all out there? Or do yeah, they- turn, it, turn it up to 11. Turn it up to 11. Okay, I would say 8 to 10. Uh, But, yeah, they need to be all stocks because they have plenty of time. Yeah, and and they've got a 30-year window before they even have to even start thinking about retirement. Right, and and again, just the idea, it's not necessarily what's your age, what's your income range. It's how long is it going to be before you need to see this money again. And the longer you're putting it away, the more aggressive you can afford to be. And I'll go back to what you said early, which is what is your comfort level? I always say, you know, what what lets you sleep at night? And so that varies by person. Yeah. There's right. plenty, of, plenty of twenty-somethings who are nervous about the stock exactly. market. Exactly. There are plenty, right. plenty of people who are in their late twenties and do remember that two thousand eight, two thousand nine happened, even if they right. weren't affected by it. Right. And, and and I'm sixty. As I get closer to sixty-two, uh, I get a little bit more conservative there. And you should uh, absolutely. And you should dialing it back. I appreciate y'all's advice. Thank you. Good questions, Bob. Thanks for calling in this morning. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Got about five minutes left in the show, so if you'd like to quickly call in a question, we could probably get to that. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Uh, so in the beginning of the show, you mentioned, you know, this is about getting started saving. And we kind of mentioned but we're doing this because, you know, people will have been getting their tax refund checks. So a lot of people have a hard – they think, you know, where am I going to find that money? And it's not necessarily that we're going to say, okay, great, take that tax refund and put that all in an investment account. Because trust me, people, ha- people, right. people have yeah. other ideas of we how they want to spend that money. But here's the thing. If you got a tax refund, that meant that you paid too much in taxes um, over the over the past year. So you need to adjust. You can adjust your withholdings. Say you got twelve hundred dollars back. 
And that means you were paying an extra $100 a month. You adjust your withholdings, you put that $100 a month into a savings or retirement account, and that's how you get started. Don't, you know, sure, don't take away that check you just got, but, you know, adjust your tax withholdings and you'll have, have some extra money there to save. All right, and as we mentioned, uh, sometimes folks uh, don't plan ahead and, and are late to the party when it comes to savings. We talked about uh, you really do have to kind of double down. Uh, so, well, I'm going to remember what Ryder said. Turn it up to eleven. <laughs> okay. Whoa. <laughs> um, Whatever they're comfortable with. And, and would would a Roth IRA be a good uh, option for in, for someone in that situation, sort of late to the party, as it were? Yes, uh, it still would be a good option because you have that advantage of that growth is never taxed, and that gives you so much flexibility when you do retire. So many people that we see come to our office, much of their assets are in retirement accounts, tax deferred. So every penny they take out of that account is taxable income. So we always have to then think twice about, oh gosh, now we want to take a big trip or we need to buy a new car or we need to put a new roof on the house. Um, So all of those things have an impact on your tax situation. So in retirement, we're trying to keep your cash flow high and your tax liability low. And a Roth IRA is a great way to do it. It's the best deal going in tax avoidance. Also, I think one of the other suggestions on some of the uh, the research that our producer Jay White did for us today, uh, paying down debt. Obviously, the less debt you have, the more money you have to save and to invest. Well, it depends on what kind of debt. Uh, yeah, I was about yeah. to say that. So, you know, um, mortgage debt, I don't worry about because we have very low rates right now and you're building up in an investment. Um, if it's... Um, any kind of investment in a business where you're able to earn from that, that's a positive. But consumer debt, you know, those credit cards, all those kinds of things, that's where the problem is. Higher rate stuff. Yeah. Pay that down. And then the final suggestion, I thought this one was interesting, and it's basically uh, remember that you and your spouse come first. And the thought is maybe if it comes to between sort of saving for your retirement versus helping your kids save for college, Maybe Save for your retirement. retirement. Absolutely. And um, yeah. what we've heard is that those retirement accounts count less against them when they try to file for aid. Mm-hmm. And so you can tuck it in there. And because we have provisions for Roth IRAs and traditional IRAs to take money out for educational purposes, that gives you some hedge there. Yep. All right. Uh, we've got about a minute left. Any any final thoughts on, uh, again, I guess it's just don't don't put it off and uh, in, in how important saving is. And I guess the idea, too, is we've talked about this on the show before, but it, it really is a habit that you begin to to work on. And the, and the more you do it, the easier it is. Absolutely. Savings is a habit that you, you just need to get into. And I mean, people think, oh, you know, saving, you know, $10 a week out of my paycheck or, you know, $100 a month, you know, even just even if you're just putting it into a savings account that you don't you can't spend out of easily even that's a start you know if you have a checking account that bank will probably also offer a savings account open one up and just start moving money into there uh every month every week and and there's there's actually you know closing the loop and going back to the robo advisors they talked about earlier there are some robo advisors that do that specifically they'll kind of you know take out you know a few cents or a few dollars a day and so it's 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 doing it in such a way that you hardly even notice it. And that's one of the best ways to get in the habit 
you hardly even notice that a few percent of your of your pay is is being put away and that's and that's going to start growing for you and then you're going to look back on it in 10 years and in 20 years you're going to look back on it when you retire and you're going to be like man that really turned into something yeah I, I would say that that if you if you have the discipline to do it early on you will reward yourself later in life that will wrap us up for today money talks is a production of mpb think radio funded in part by generous financial support from you our listeners if you ever need to hear today's show or previous show one way to find it is to go to mpb online.org slash money talks also we have our mpb public radio app you can download that for your iphone or android phone and listen to our schedule on your demand our show is produced by jay white and our call screener was java chapman running the board for us was liz gill so for nancy lotter janderson and Ryder taff i'm kevin farrell up next it's in legal terms we'll be back next tuesday at nine for another money talks on mpb think radio